Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Darius Justin. And I'm the... Uh... I'm just Jay today. Just Jay today. And this is a, a very special episode today. Uh, wouldn't you say, Jay? I would agree. Uh, why is it special? Because we have guests on today. Oh, who are they? They are from America's Scary Land. Okay. Nick. Are they? Uh, who are they? Well, you go ahead. No, oh. make me do it all. Jake and Nick from America's <laughs> Scary Land. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> I was worried there for a second they weren't there. Um, but, uh, so these guys run America Scaryland. Uh, does the S share custody in the title there too, or just on the email? No, but it should. That would be a great, that would, no, that would be a great logo design actually. <laughs> Cause uh, it would help people get our, our email much better. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm making a joke already. Um, but these guys are Wisconsin based podcast. Uh, they do all the re- like all the stuff of cryptids, paranormal, UFOs, the plain strange. Everything's scary. Yeah. They're all that whole blanket that we all we all love. But yeah, that's Yes we do. You guys want to talk about yourselves yes, for do. a minute? We're uh, America's scary land. We cover the blanket of paranormal in Wisconsin and outlying Midwest areas. Good job, way to repeat. <laughs> hey, Justin said it better than I probably could, to be honest with you. <clears throat> Thanks for having us. This has uh, been looking forward to this. So, so you guys did a, so at home. We just recorded an episode with them. Now they're recording an episode with us. So I'll give you the whole little same story he gave, Nick gave. Nick texted me, uh, what time of morning was that? That was, uh, so I discovered you guys' podcast at about 10 to 6 in the morning, my time. So that would have been about no. an hour ahead for you guys. No. Oh, 11. Eleven. No. I, I'm terrible. No. The time yeah, it's, uh, we're only an hour ahead of you. Uh, or an hour behind, behind you. I'm sorry. We're, yeah, an hour behind we're an hour ahead. Oh, boy. Oh. Okay, so it was, it was early over here. It was like 10 to 5. I listened to about five minutes of your episode on my uh, short drive to the other building I work in. Um, and I then had a mass influx of caffeine and I texted Justin. I didn't, I, I Facebook messaged you and said, hi, uh, I do a podcast in Wisconsin about paranormal stuff. Do you want to come on and guest? And you were more than excited to. Mm-hmm. And then this whole scheme hatched where, Hey, if you guys want to cover any Wisconsin cryptids, let's do it. 
you did not tell me you were that forward. Just like, hey, you've never heard of me. (laughs) I mean, essentially, that's what it was. It was pretty, pretty much that vague and that timid. Nice. And then I called Jay about two hours after I said, yeah, and like, hey, guess what? Yeah, this is happening. (laughs) This is happening now. I was like, oh, cool. That's how Justin operates, though. Like. The way you did approach it is exactly how he would have approached it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I will Jay, I will say, Justin's a much better co-host than I was to Jake, because here's what I texted Jake. I said, hey, I have something in the works. I'm not going to tell you what it is because <laughs> if it doesn't pan out, I don't want you to be upset with me. <laughs> and it panned out, so then this happened. But uh, that's exactly what I texted him. I said, uh, <laughs> Jay just this might not pan money. out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here. I'm just. He just puts a microphone in front of me, and I start talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm about the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, this is this is great. Sorry, I'm laughing because it's just like we're very we have a lot of similarities, and it's just it's com- you know it's it's fun because it's like you know we've just known you guys a couple weeks, and it's just felt like you know it's we've been buddies for a long time. It does feel like it's just old friends talking. Yeah, yeah. Which I I greatly enjoy. It just is. It's a comforting thing, and I hope at home you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I do here in my home, but I know you're talking to your audience. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is gonna be a ball. This four hour episode. You're right. Yeah. It could I be. have two pages. Oh, let's do it. I'm down. Jay, you're not going to work tonight. <laughs> oh boy. You better you're call, gonna get me fired. Yeah. Call your. Yeah. If your mom fires you. <laughs> We don't have to express those details. Oh, I told him. The <laughs> okay. Anyways, so today we're going to be talking about a really, really famous uh, Wisconsin legend. Um, and I just have, well, before I tell you guys at home what the name and stuff is, I have a, a couple of the main stories. We all four watched documentary that is uh, the, the known documentary for it by Small Town Monsters. Uh, so we picked a handful of those stories and we're just kind of, kind of go through it and Nick and Jake will talk about some stuff at the end and we'll question them extremely. We'll scrutinize them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this week we're doing the beast of Bray road. Oh, uh, probably <clears throat> I would say probably the most famous dog man in the U S yeah, you're probably right. Actually. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets a lot of attention, and it is, if you Google it, it's one of the main ones that pop up that in the Michigan Dog Man. Yeah, but the Michigan Dog uh, Man seems as... to be like, uh, well, we go up to Michigan a lot. I have a cabin up there, and it just the Michigan Dog Man is like a whole blanket of the whole northern part of the lower peninsula. Mm-hmm. It's not like a He's a loser, He's a loser compared to the Beast of Bray Road. He's a loser. <laughs> For four miles a row, that's a very famous thing. Yeah. The Beast of Bray Road covers a small area and has more infamy than the Dog Man who blankets all of Michigan. That's true. And we haven't gotten into the Michigan Dog Man much yet, but a lot of that comes from Steve Cook. The song? I don't know. I um, The Legend of 97. Anyways, I digress. But yeah, probably the most famous or infamous Ooh. Uh, dog, you know, dog Man sighting. Uh, but yeah, you guys ready to tear into this one? I suppose. Like a hungry yeah. dog? Like a dog I man tearing dog into man. a mound, perhaps? 
Why you gotta spoil stuff? That's for sure. Or, or like, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> that was good. Or like a dog man ripping into a hungry man on Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. Oh gosh. There we go. There we go. All right. And see, Jay's, that doesn't ruin anything. <laughs> Jay's gonna take the first sighting, 1936. Okay, 1936, the first modern sighting. <clears throat> a man named Mark Shackleman, a night watchman at St. Coletta convent, sorry, was driving on Highway 18 just east off Jefferson County, Wisconsin. As Shackleman approached one of the Native American burial burial mounds, that's a weird word. Burial. Burial. Burial, but it's a weird word. Not so easy, Go on. You know what? Alright. In the area, he saw someone or something standing near the mound. As he got closer, he could see that it was not a human, but he wasn't sure what it was. The beast was about seven feet tall, and he was estimated at weight about 500 pounds. The beast of Bray Road appeared to be digging in the mound. Shackleman soon noticed a strong, repugnant smell, which he said was like rotting meat. Shackleman panicked and fled the strange beast. Some days later, Shackleman got the nerve up to return to the area. As he approached, to his surprise, the Bray Road beast was still there. This time, the man got a very good look at the beast. Its face was like a wolf, and its hands were like with what he described as twisted thumbs. Shackleman said that the beast made a grunting sound that he describes as sounding like Gadara. After what he said was several minutes stare down with the beast, it disappeared into the nearby woods. So I'm going to stop right there. So uh, I guess one thing I didn't, before we dive into this part of the story, a lot of this comes from like uh, Linda Gottfried. She is the, as far as I know, like the main author and, you know, researcher on a lot of this stuff. Is that what you guys have found too? She, so until I heard this specific story on the, uh, on the documentary, um, she kind of, she started, a lot of people attribute her to being kind of the author of the Beast of Bray Road. Um, I know she gave a lot of, when she wrote about it, it started gaining a lot of popularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the first one that gave it, I think, like credible attention. Yeah, yeah. there we uh, go. Yeah. yeah, she did articles on it. Yeah. Yep, and obviously the sighting was well before her time, so it's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just want I like giving credit where credits due, and I know she does. Uh, she used to do a lot of the conferences and stuff. I don't know if she still does or not, but. She used to go to Michigan a lot. I think she may be... We have two conferences in Michigan this year. I think she may be at one of them. I can't remember. We just looked. Oh, that would be cool if she was. But, uh, yeah, so what do you guys think about this part of the story, specifically the mound digging? So, there was a lot of this documentary that I was watching, and I, I just found myself saying, like, yeah, it's, that's Wisconsin. That's a, <laughs> that's a monster in Wisconsin. Until, until it got to that story, and I legit started... Basically, from that story on, I did start getting goosebumps because um, I, I don't know if you're breaking further into this story a little bit, but the I, I won't I won't go ahead and spoil no, anything. Go right but ahead. The, we do it the ourselves. Bib, the biblical tie-in to yeah, this story with Gadara that was the first time I'd ever heard that, and that kind of just creeped me out a little bit. Um, and then circling with circling into the um, the priest uh, who had gotten possessed uh, as well. 
that worked for St. Coletta. Like that, that stuff that yeah. started creeping me out a lot. Hmm. Yeah. Not to, to go too far off, but St. Coletta is also on our list of, it's a very supposedly haunted location and there's a lot of ties in with the church there. So that, that's been an interesting tie in that I didn't honestly know before this too much about the tie to beast of Bray road with that. So mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's, it's definitely an have... interesting connection. So for the Gadara connection, we didn't, I didn't have anything more on that. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, that was, didn't, Oh, I'm trying to think, was it King Laika that tried to feed mm-hmm. Zeus his own son and yep. he got cursed with lycanthropy by Zeus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to apparently trick Zeus and wanting to know if he was all knowing, mm-hmm. and of course, being the the god of throwing lightning bolts, he was. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that was the 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 special connection there with if if a dogman was saying Gadara, and the king of Gadara is the one that got turned into a lycanthrope. That's yeah. That would be a synchronicity. There. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And well, I, I, Jay's muted the rest of the night. <laughs> I, I was reading, or I guess they go into it in the documentary, though, too. Uh, Gadara is also in the New Testament, and it's the place where Jesus drove. There's a super tormented man, and he drove a demon out of him, or several demons, uh, into legion. Yeah, a legion, a legion of demons into pigs. Yeah, and they ran, and the pigs, ran into the ocean. They ran off. Yeah, they ran off the hill and then drowned in the ocean. Yeah, I, I was going. Yeah, I've read that story and it's crazy. Hmm. I, that one I didn't know about. Huh? But yeah, a weird connection with the dog man. And as we get in more into it, you know, it seems to be more than like what we talk about Bigfoot and stuff. It just seems to be generally more aggressive, more not caring if you see it. And a lot of the like the car sightings and stuff, it's just sitting there. It does not care, or it chases after mm-hmm. you. It just is more aggressive, less caring. Like it's not a, it's never worried about being found or having confrontations with people. Whereas Bigfoot no. tries to stay away. And we only bring that up because Bigfoot. Some of the community thinks that the Dogman and the Bigfoot are the same entity. And you know, after all the research and stuff we've we've gone through, we've done a Dogman story. We've researched a couple other Dogman. They're just not. The the MOs are so different. What do, yeah. you, do you guys what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think uh you can tell whatever the dog man is, or if uh we want to go with like the legend or myth of like uh werewolves, uh they are definitely more almost territorial. Mm-hmm. Uh they have their their locations that they go to. Uh, and that they stick to. And if you go into it, they'll let you know that you're not welcome there. Whereas Bigfoot tends to have its area, but if you go into it, it'll kind of let you go through and hope you go away. Yeah, and if not, you know, they will do the gentler <clears throat> nudging versus what we yeah. see the dog man do. Not gentle at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, this incident, this incident also, you can kind of connect the dots a little bit, but with the, the burial mounds, um, you know, there's a lot that can be explored there with uh, the Native American history, you mm-hmm. know, with with the Wendigo and the Skinwalkers and that sort of stuff as well. You know, a, a lot of, well, a lot of the, the states, but a lot of the Midwest has a lot of Native history a lot, and yeah. lore and that sort of stuff. And I know that's a big thing 
that is kind of with this story in particular as well, you know, like what, what exactly was it digging for? Right. What's the Uh connection there? Did it bury a bone there that I just wanted (laughs) really bad or (laughs) a toy that, you know, perhaps cheap corn stalks bone. bone. (laughs) I believe he's from Iowa, wasn't he? Jake, you know, that, I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't research corn stock, corn husker. He's the uh, Nebraska, oh yeah, it's Nebraska. Here's it ties in. This is a big. I'm, this is tracks. a big tangent. Chief Cornstalk is the one that uh, they blame Mothman on a lot because okay. he went all the way over to Point Pleasant to negotiate with the white man, and he would never draw a weapon, never did anything. He was all about peace, and they murdered him. Hmm. Which, yeah, that's happened a lot. All right. So. All right, let's continue on. Off the first tangent. <laughs> there were no additional reports of the Bay Road B sightings for many years, at least none that became public. What was the name of the road? Bray Road? What'd I say? Bay. Bay Road? Well, you know, saving time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> In 1964, the beast was, just, was seen just two miles from the location of the 1936 sighting. The creature was reported again in 1972 when a woman said the beast tried to break into her home before attacking and seriously injuring a horse. On October 31st, 1989... Yeah, let's stop at the horse one. You want to stop at the horse one? Yeah, we'll just do the story and just kind of look at it. Okay. All right, why don't you guys take a crack at this one first, if you'd be so kind. That's the first I've heard of that one, to be, on, to be honest okay. with you. That's the first time I've, I've heard did. that one and... So, yeah. Um, what do you think about him just fighting a horse and trying to get in a house? I mean, I mean, it was, it, it seems to, to, it would make sense that it would be, <laughs> that, you right? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll start over. Uh, it does seem to make sense that it would be attracted to that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised there isn't a ton more life, livestock, uh, like connections with them going to farms as opposed, I mean, I guess probably more the area, but that's, that's a good point because yeah, yeah Bray, Bray road is very rural. Um, mm-hmm. and there is tons of farms out there. So the, the lack of livestock involvement in a lot of these stories is, is kind of odd. Yeah, that's- It's interesting though. The idea that it would try to break into a house seems more brazen than you would think something would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on, it goes back to its idea of territorial mm-hmm. aggression. On your note about the no livestock, that just put a notion in my head that that kind of points to, it, with how aggressive they seem to be, that kind of points to maybe a not fully physical entity. They don't, they're not needing food. Because mm-hmm. uh, livestock's easy pickings for a predator like this that doesn't care. If it's trying to get into a house... You know, it's going to go into a chicken coop. It's going to go into the, the lamb pens. It's going to, you know, mm-hmm. it will find easy uh, food. Which could tie into a lot of the, especially in northern areas, the uh, the legends of like the Wendigo and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, not They don't go after animals. so Because it's not, uh, it's a hunger yeah, for I mean, human flesh. Correct. So, yeah, it's strange that... That would be terrifying. That, that spooks <laughs> me, the idea of just looking out your window and like, oh, look, a dog head. Do you, oh, the, the dog think, man do is think, my number one not to see. 
<laughs> I don't want to see do one. You, I don't want to find a track. I don't want nothing to do with him. Do you think the horse was maybe retaliation? As, I think so. You know, in, the angry. Case, in the case, yeah, you won't let me in. You know what? You see your horse there? Here's his I liver. Hope your daughter's upset. I hope your daughter's upset tomorrow that she can't ride. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just wanted to come in. <laughs> yeah, I just needed some sugar, darn it. Mm-hmm. Here's your he, horse's liver on he your He saw the dog treats up on the shelf. You know, he wanted one. <laughs> All right. You ready for the next one? Uh, yeah. yeah that's... All right. On October 31st, Halloween, 1989, Doris Gibson was driving on Bray Road near Del- Devlin, Wisconsin, when she felt a bump. Uh, yeah. She was she, she, thinking she may have hit something. She stopped and got out of the car. She saw nothing behind the car. But as she looked around approximately 50 feet away, Gibson saw a very large, bizarre-looking creature running straight at her. She quickly got back into the car and started to drive off. The beast of Bray Road jumped out onto the trunk of the vehicle, but quickly fell off as she sped off. Gibson told a neighbor about what had happened and showed them uh, some of the deep scratches on her car trunk. From there, the rumor of Bray Road Beast began to spread once again. And more people began to come forward and tell their own strange stories of the encounter with the beast. Keep going? Nope. Stop there? Yep. All right. So, my one thing I want to say. If you hit a dog man, how do you not know you hit a dog man? (laughs) This lady was definitely drinking and driving. I mean, she was a high school senior. So. <laughs> Definitely drinking and driving. Okay. We have different definitions in Wisconsin of drinking and driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my this gosh. lady was uh, inebriated and driving. And not know you hit a dog man. Then you get out like, oh. Well, she, she thought she hit the neighbor's dog is what she had reported. Yeah. She got out because she thought she, she didn't think, you know, she hit it and drunkenly thought, oh, a dog man. She, no, that's what I'm saying. I think. I think she thought she hit a person. And then, <laughs> like, please be a dog. Please be a dog. Like, it was a dog. And, and then it's both. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, here's your wish. Um, yeah, this is this is if you if you search the Beast of Bray Road, this is probably one of the most common ones, most common stories that comes up um, is this particular encounter. Yeah, I guess I got a little. I got a story. We do this a lot. Story time. Go ahead. I was 16. Hope you guys don't mind this. I was 16. (laughs) But uh, I was 16. I just got my license. It was probably two weeks after, three weeks after. Uh, I was driving. We lived away out in the country. I was driving into town to go to work super late at night. Uh, I was working third shift on weekends. I was allowed. And I was driving in front of this house in this huge, like, not huge, huge, but like a 60-pound, like, dog-looking thing ran out in front of me. Ran it over. Both tires hit it. Ran into the ditch. I'm like, I just smoked some kid's dog. It's like 10 at night. And I'm like, I can't just let this family look for their dog forever. I, you know, I, I couldn't do that. Do you know the story? I don't. Okay. I don't know this story. Uh... So I get out, and I have my crappy flip flown with this little uh, flashlight. And I'm weeding through this cornfield. And I'm like, I'm just looking for this big bloody dog. I'm like, I know it's dead. It's got to be dead. I spend like a half hour. It is a 45-pound raccoon that oh. I had just smoked. 
I was so relieved and mad because I lost my muffler. <laughs> but I was like, I'm glad it's not a dog, but I'm still mad the stupid thing ran out in front of me. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's how my tourist never had a muffler. I, it was brand new to me. Way to go. Two weeks lost a muffler. But yeah. Anything else on the dog man about this stuff so far? This is one that uh, apparently there was pictures of this lady's scratch marks that I couldn't find. Yeah, these alleged photos. Um, you know, I I thought they would have showed them on the documentary if they really had them. Yeah, I did too. I, I did too. Uh, but yeah, the documentary is done by... Do you guys know who Small Town Monsters is? Yep. They're yeah. Out, they're out of Ohio. Actually, their last episode, the Minerva Monsters, where they're out of. They Their headquarters okay. in Minerva. Uh but they do really I think they do really good documentaries. They seem to really, you know, try to do their you know, the best research they can and stuff. So I felt like if there was a actual photo of this out there, they probably would have found it. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. Well that's just my yeah. All right, Jay, what do we got next? All right, next. One sighting of the Bray Road Beast in nineteen eighty nine was reported by a twenty four year old twenty four year old Lorraine Andreezy. I'm guessing that's how you say her last name. And Dreezy was uh, driving on Bray Road when she saw something appear to be crouching on the side of the road. She slowed her car down to get a better look, and what she saw was terrifying. She said that at one point she was within six feet of the beast. She reported that she saw the beast for about 45 seconds and described it as being large brown, brown gray hair covered creature. It had large fangs and pointed ears and a face like a wolf. And Dreezy noted that the beast was built very broad like a bodybuilder and looked very powerful. And Dreezy escaped into her car and related her story to her family. It was her mother that contacted local reporter Linda Godfrey. Godfrey talked to many people who claimed to have seen the beast on, of Bray Road. Godfrey would publish the story on December 29, 1991. She would go on to write in numerous books about the beast of Bray Road, assuring that Bray Road beast place in history of the strange monsters that at times seem to be everywhere. All right. Thank you, Jay. Uh, but during this part, I mean, in the documentary, how they portrayed it would be my absolute nightmare. This thing just sitting yeah. in the ditch, staring at you. And if she really, yep. I, I know it was for the drama for the documentary, but if she really drove that slow past this thing, she's the dumbest human alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. What do you guys think about this? This is the scariest this one, one This one was, was creepy because of just, again, the way the documentary explained it, you know, it was kneeling like a human, but it was, you know, shaped like a beast and it was, you know, eating roadkill. And I also, I should mention, I don't think I'm terrified of cornfields, but I do not like being around that sort of thing in the middle of the night, just six foot tall stalks of corn on both sides of the road. That would be terrifying to me. Again, like you, Justin, this would be pretty scary. Jake? Uh, this one, so I'm going to go the opposite of both of you. Uh, this one is, I think, the coolest story just because I think it lends to the most credibility that it wasn't like a, a, a bear for some reason or anything else. Like, most wild animals aren't doing this in that position, mm -hmm. uh, 
that you would look at it and go, that's a bear. No, it's a werewolf. No, it, you'd be able to tell the difference. So this one to me is is fun just because of the credibility I think it lends to it being not necessarily, I, I don't want to say paranormal, but more in a cryptid sense than yeah. just a natural existing animal that we know of. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, and that's why I think it's so scary to me because you can't write this away. This is obvious, you know, this is a, like you said, this is a werewolf looking thing. Like, it's right there. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I mean, I same thing. I like that it looked like big, like a powerful bodybuilder. That's what she said. Like, that's pretty interesting itself. Not only does it look like Twilight. a man with like a dog head, but it has like a jacked body. What's... Clearly, it's just some sort of... Uh... Yeah, what was the Twilight book in the late 80s? Oh. Uh... She probably was thinking other things, like this is going to be a nice guy in the morning. Right, yeah. Yeah, that might have a misconception <laughs> nowadays. Huh? Steam Jacob. Just, uh, yeah, like just imagine like a Dwayne the Rock Johnson sized person just crouched over in the ditch eating roadkill and he just stares at you, but he looks like a doe. Where was Dwayne Johnson in 1991? <laughs> Tennessee. You're the, re- you're the wrestling fan, not me. You tell me. Uh, I think he was still what? doing like small town circuits, you know. Wasn't he in Tennessee? Smoky Mountain rest, huh? Wasn't he in Tennessee? I'm I... not joking. What do you mean? I think he was living in Tennessee at the time. I have no he idea. He went to University of Miami before uh, he went into wrestling. All I know is he had, player. he had a sweet fanny pack and a flat top at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, so. Rocky Maivia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then this this is part of the story where Linda gets involved. And like you guys were saying, you know, this is where it really gets to be the infamous dog man. You know, mm. where it's... Yeah. Because the Beast of Bray Road, uh, we, me and Emily last year, do you guys know what Crypticon is? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we went down that, and that's what one of the things was the whole booth on just the Beast of Bray Road. Like a, uh, like a, the traveling museum part. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's that, it's that famous that, you know, everybody knows, like, Dog Man and Bigfoot are probably... Two of the most known cryptids in the U.S. Bigfoot's obviously number one, but of the Dogman, the Beast of Bray Road is when you you know if you have to put a name on a Dogman, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'd even heard about it growing up in Iowa. It was one that I knew about. I didn't know where it was, but I was aware of its existence. Hmm. Yeah, when when uh, when Linda got involved, yeah, she started writing everything about it, and that's. Uh, well, and then she also attracted people who had seen it, who hadn't reported it. So that I think also helped and lend the credibility to it. And I don't have it written here, but you guys remember the name of any of you? Do you remember the name of that uh, wildlife officer that had the folder marked werewolf? Yep, yep. Because he actually, not to spoil it, but he does come up in a more predominant topic here at a little bit later. But that was uh, Tom, John Fredrickson. John Fredrickson. He was the Yep, he was the uh, not fish and wildlife, but he was. He's an animal control. Officer. He was an animal control officer of Walworth County, which is yep. Walworth is the county that Bray Road sits in, um, and yeah, he's got a big part to play yep. here coming up in a little bit. But Jay's um, second favorite topic. What's that? The occult. <laughs> well, oh, we're gonna, the occult. Yeah, I'm a spoiler, just like Jay. I just like to yell at him about it. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's this this particular story that we just got done touching on is the one where, uh, so, uh, what was her name? 
Miss Andrezzi, Lori Andrezzi, uh-huh. she goes and talks to John Fredrickson in his office. Uh, and they're kind of going over what it could have been possibly in more of the logical sense. And one of them touches on the fact, well, hey, I have, you know, this werewolf uh, folder. And when that topic comes up, the bookshelf, there was some books on the top uh-huh. shelf behind John. And inexplicably, these books, as they say in the documentary, started flying off the shelf when they, they probably were talking for about 10, 15 minutes about other stuff. And then these books came flying off the shelves. What were the books? I don't think, it, I don't think they were said. Well, oh, the okay. kind that you read, the kind that you read. Not <laughs> related. <laughs> nothing, nothing specific. I think there was we a Webster. Books here. That's the important. A Webster Miriam's <laughs> Dictionary, the one, I think, was the, one of them. There were books flying off the wall. Well, what were they? Well, maybe they were like certain reads, you know, they wanted, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, they were. They, there was uh, there was Green Eggs and Ham. Green yep. Eggs and Ham. Oh, okay, maybe. Uh, hop on Pop, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Werewolf. There's a walk. Yeah, there's a walkie in my pocket. There's a werewolf in my, I don't know. But this is where, uh, oh gosh, what was his name? The the officer, the county control. Fredrickson. Fredrickson. John. John, Yeah. This is where he gets. He starts talking about in the documentary about all the occult and stuff that had been reported mm-hmm. going on at that time. The sa- but this is also right at the end of Satanic Panic in the U.S. Mm. Yep. So I don't know. You know, that's one thing I always thought is like, how credible is all the occult reporting? At the, it was still at the, it was at the tail end, but it was still in that kind of time frame of Satanic Panic. Anybody at home that don't know, Satanic Panic was a chunk in U.S. history, in recent U.S. history. Where everything mm-hmm. that everybody ever did was a cult. And, yep. and you met with three people at your house and they weren't invited, you were summoning Satan. That, you sure were. <laughs> is that when like the association with the occult became with like satanic things, like where it's yeah. occult's like evil? Because occult isn't evil. Occult's like hidden hidden knowledge. It doesn't make it bad. Yeah. But it can be associated. it can't That's, be a, satanic panic did that, is is that time frame that anything that yep. wasn't which I'm a Christian. Anything that wasn't Christian mm-hmm. was just horrible. So, which yeah. is just you know, in this, the, they lumped everything and put a big Satan label on it. And yeah, that, a big a big one was uh, this is when D- Dungeons and Dragons started getting yes. associated heavily mm. with satanic rituals and that sort of stuff. So there was this was that was actually a big part of this. Uh, say whatever the satanic panic. satanic panic was they. You know, these you have these teenage kids who are just nerds who want to go play D and D and use their imagination and misunderstandings about it led people to believe that oh, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you're trying to worship Satan and summon everything was Satan back then. Right. right. So that was a big part of it. So I think that's what we're getting at. Is it everything was Satan? If you weren't, yeah. You know. Where did where did that come from though? Do you think that was something developed? You know, that by... was just a cultural thing. We were very scared. It was right at the tail end of the Cold War, right? And we were all everybody was looking for communists and Satan. Everything that was red. So I'm um, what yeah. I'm saying is I'm drawing parallels to nowadays. You know, everything you're supposed to be scared of is all usually what you're told you're supposed to be scared of. Is this was this another government ploy to implement satanic panic? Amongst the country to s- stop your imagination from flourishing. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if we want to go on a tangent for a second. That's always. Uh, we do it all the time. I, I think that in if it was a government ploy, it was more to make us afraid of the actual government satanic connection that they have 
to mm. our uh, our hidden overlords mm-hmm. who may or may not be reptilian in nature. You stay uh, away from my adrenochrome. The, <laughs> and the connections there, they had to make us afraid of it so that we wouldn't look into it. And anyone who was looking into it was instantly branded as bad. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can I, see that. I like that Definitely. idea. I was going to go with... I was going to go with the explanation that it was just a really slow news week, and that's what the panic happened. That they also just needed something just to fill the airwaves. Yeah, I mean, that, that's always, that's probably how it started. And then they're like, oh, well, how can we turn this into this something more? Our last episode, Octoman, that was like a lot of what Cincinnati was doing in this little town. Uh, what was it? Oh, it's right. Uh, New. Oh, well, I don't remember the town. Is it on the map right there beside you? Sure. Uh, but yeah, they did do that. They they tried to make these new people Richmond. S- new Richmond. Yeah, that's they right. were the headline of every day making fun of this little town that's next to them because they didn't have anything else to report on. Yep. But yeah. So no, the, the occult stuff that was the, that was also following the, um, the Andresi story. And that's, that's when it did really kind of start sinking in for me and just got overly creepy. Cause that, that stuff, I'm not, I mean, it does make me uncomfortable, but it's it's with everything that we look into paranormal wise. I have equal parts fear and like uh, I'm spooked out and fascination by it. Mm-hmm. So this was the part. Um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know, but there was uh, four reported counties in Wisconsin that we were having heavy issues with like cult-like rituals taking place in the woods. Um, the John Fredrickson was approached. We're assuming, I think Jake has read a, a reports where it was the FBI, but in the, um, in the documentary, he just says a higher law enforcement agent approached me and said, Walworth County is one of the counties that's being investigated for all these things because he was called out to several incidences um, where they had reported there was a cult or cult activity going on related to the, the beast of Bray road. Yeah. Hmm. Finding animal carcasses that had clearly been, uh, cut and sort of laid out in what would be ritual or sacrificial kind of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, he said several accounts could be chalked up to teenagers dabbling in, you know, Satanism and that sort of stuff. And he said others, um, you know, People of the community were involved, teachers, police, uh, it, it, law enforcement people. Um, there were a lot of people in the community who were attached to these cult activities going on. Um, and he said he, he had a hard time with it during that period of his life. He, he really, there was a lot of things. That I think it, from what I gathered from watching his interviews, I think it was something of a turning point in his life where it made him either more of a spiritual man and more of a believer in, you know, things of the occult. Cause that's, I guess what we're not, what we, none of us have mentioned is that the, the connection to the occult and the beast of Bray road is that there is a theory out there that the beast itself may be the devil or a beast conjured up through ritualistic, um, whatever practices rituals yeah 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 yeah, practices yeah i have that written down later 
But so now we are, is, we are three. We are three for four for yeah. foreshadowing. Okay, Jake, Jake, you have yet to do this. Ruin something on my note Pressure's card, on. please. Pressure's on. Just take a random stab at what's on here next. Uh, it's got fur. Ah, oh, dang it, he's right. <laughs> four for four. Ah. <laughs> uh, four for four now. <laughs> but yeah, so how much stock do you guys put into for this particular story, the occult connection? Um. Okay. So. Two part. I'll make it quick. It's okay. The cult, the cult activity going on, one hundred percent put stock into. I believe yep. that those crazy shenanigans were happening, um, and there's crazy stuff that happens, you know, in the forests and the woods. Now, is it a satanic beast that was called upon from you know the netherworld? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Could be. Probably. The <laughs> Jake. There- there's a lot of things in the state of Wisconsin that I think uh, points to heavy occult and just cult activity, uh, whether it's just boredom or the isolation that you can get. Uh, so, yeah, I fully put stock in the idea that he probably knew some people in Woolworth County in Elkhorn uh, where the, the road is that like to wear robes liked to head out into the woods, uh, did some stuff, whether he fully believed it to be something that worked or did anything that I don't know, but I do think he knew some people that did some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you guys. It just, uh, I guess what I was getting at earlier was that 99% of the time that they bring in the occult with any of these stories, there's not really anything significant. But this one seems to be like, well, like you guys said, there's actually, like, there was stuff happening. You could tell, it, and to me, in his face, you could just tell how, hurt, like, painful it was for him to talk about it or how uncomfortable he was. Yeah, I mean, he probably still knows people. Right. And, it's know, his home. Especially, yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> what do you think, Jay? I'm Had a big occult guy over here. Right. Uh, Jay's well, one of the of. people that put on the robe. The what? The robe. <laughs> I've never done any occult practices. I just like learning about it. Got real defensive real quick. Well, not yet. Anyways, maybe one day. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? I don't think occult's bad, though. Like, Question. Yeah. Answer it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think the, <laughs> the connection, I think there is a connection there. I don't think there's like, I don't think there's a dog, man, werewolf that's just a biological, naturally occurring beast. I don't. I think it is, whether it's paranormal or supernatural. Whether it's a man transforming into it or shape shifting into it, I think that's more likely than it actually just being a a beast that breeds and is born and grows up and is a dog man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's what's going on. But with the so much that goes on with the occult and what we don't understand about how the world actually functions or works, there's a lot of things out there that just don't seem like uh could be possibilities but in reality and it, it's more likely than it is unlikely i guess so i i i think the occult connection is definitely there there's probably some ritual thing going on uh, however it works i don't know i have no idea but i think there's something supernatural there that they've tapped into and they know how to bring about these things into the world or make them manifest into the what we see as this physical realm that we live in somewhere in there something like that yeah <laughs> i'm not arguing with you 
Oh, you better not, or I'll do some like spell or something. Yeah, say that again. See what happens. I'll use the Frogman's <laughs> wand and do it to you. I'll put your car keys on that top shelf up there. Oh, oh yeah. He's a wizard, Justin, and a darn thumping good one too. <laughs> 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 so I think we're moving into the the big last big chunk of this story, as far as like what the documentary covered and stuff like that. There's little, there's tons and tons and tons of little pieces, but uh, the Lee Farm, and that was years <laughs> of photos and evidence. But uh, well, I don't, I only have Lee written down, but I forget his first or his. Le- Wait, Lee, Lee was his first. Yeah, maybe Lee Stewart. I think it was Lee Stewart. No, I don't think that's it. Anyways, 2007, he bought a farm on the backside of Bray Road. Correct. Uh, yeah, I think that's where yeah. it is. As far as so here in Ohio, we have the, the county squares, so he'd be on the backside of the road. That's how kind of we say it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he had all kinds of weird instances. Uh, but one day he brought home he a red a road killed raccoon. And he threw it in the uh, back part of his property. And the, a couple of days later, he came back and it had been almost surgically unzipped from its chin down all the way down its belly. Organs removed in a pile and the raccoon gone. Thought that was very strange. Uh, so next thing he gets is about a 50-pound badger. And you guys got a lot of badgers, apparently? We are the badger state. Mm-hmm. Which has nothing to do with the animal. <laughs> We For have all of you who are not from Wisconsin. <laughs> we have four badgers in Ohio. I think we have three, to be honest with you. No, well, the Justin, I'm going to give you the science lesson today. Yes, and it's not science; it's more just sociological. <laughs> no, the badger comes from. Um, there were I'm not pr- precisely uh, exactly sure which type of mining it was, but uh, the earlier settling towns were mining towns up here Mm -hmm. and they nicknamed the miners the badgers because when they you know come out looking dirty Mm. that's how we ended up as the badger state um there's a lot of holes in in that comment there and i didn't mean to be punny there but um that that is the giant misconception (laughs) there's a giant misconception about wisconsin being the badger state is rarely anything to do with badgers we have them i don't know if we have a high population of them or like a record population Um, but it is it is having to do with uh the early miners miners were more nicknamed badgers Hmm. i did not know that interesting stuff i've never been never been up that far on that side of lake michigan but, uh, You're not missing much. <laughs> from the, the pictures, it just looks like colder Ohio. I've been to You'd Milwaukee be once. Oh, I've been to Milwaukee. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Did you guys run, run out of there real fast? No, I was doing a fish survey up there when I went. I went to get a Simpsons arcade game. Oh, is that the one at the bowling alley? Yeah. Okay. But, nice. uh So, yeah. Back to the badger. I started the whole thing. He sees a like <laughs> a fifty pound badger on the side of the road, dead. First off, this is a weird man. He's like, I'm gonna keep bringing these home. So he takes these badger. He takes the badger. He puts it in a hole on the backside of his property, and he has like a two foot ring of what he kind of explained was like a grass ring. So he wanted to see if anything was going to drag it out or not. So he was looking for the mm-hmm. indentations on the grass. And he came back a couple days later, and. It was just gone. So in his mind, that signified a thing just picking it straight up out of the hole. Uh, so then, like, he thought, you know, it was a guy. And then he started doing it with deers. And 
the so the, the last famous or the last I don't know the last kind of big one for him with the animals was he brought a sixty pound doe home that was hit, put it back there, a and he at this point he started setting trail cameras. Mm-hmm. He witnessed a fog move in over top of the deer, and then as the fog dissipated, the deer was gone. Yeah, and he, so that was it for. He still puts out deer carcasses and tries to get photos and stuff, but he started catching something really weird. You know, considering he's looking for a, maybe a dog man, he starts getting UFOs on the trail cameras. Yep, and he gets them yep. kind of yep. semi often. And he's still recording, you know, odd happenings. That documentary is a little dated now. When did it come out? Seven, uh, I think it came out in 2018, 18? I believe. So yeah. I think he's still out there, and I think he's still getting stuff. And we were doing a little research. But a lot of UFOs, which just adds yeah. this whole... Adds another layer mm-hmm. to this whole sure big, weird Bray Road taco. And not to make mm-hmm. any... Can, or go on another tangent, but oh like with Bigfoot, there's also UFO connections. There's also, the, it's, it's yeah. just weird how all this stuff kind of overlaps for some reason. It's all fey folk. One could even say it's one giant paranormal blanket. Yep. I've, I've recently heard <laughs> that. I have too. I don't know where, but I have heard that. <laughs> I've never heard it before. Uh, although I think the fog that he might have caught on camera could have been an atmospheric jellyfish swooping down. They do love carcasses. Could could be that. Yeah. Caught in ca- first that could be the first one caught on camera. I showed you pictures of them. That's well, I mean like physical evidence oh, okay. like we know this is what it is. Could be. All right. So that's pretty much the main chunkiness of it. What did I had one more thing. Oh, that's what it was. So, on how we kind of do it is we'll go into final thoughts here in a minute. But before we go into final thoughts and just kind of talk about stuff, I want you guys, if you would be so kind, to share your experiences. Because you guys actually went up to Bray Road in, you know, for one of your probings, right? Yes. Yep. Um, well, I suppose we should get into that. Go right ahead. Hang on one second. Okay. We have a we have a traveler in the living room. Quick. Yeah, my wife my wife came home. She was going out on the patio. Okay. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so we did an unreleased probing in the Bray Road. Uh, we never released anything. We did record a probing. Kinda. We recorded it in the car while driving. Well, no, we recorded when we got back to your old place too. Did we? Yeah. Because I was the one that Natalie came with us. I believe you. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a giant disconnect between that documentary and what we experienced. I'm gonna say um, it, it, it's a road. It, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, Jake. You you have more of an opinion on this than I do. You, you're a little more vocal about this. Well, I think one thing now that they don't point out, and no one really points out when you research it, is that road has been uh, built on. There's new construction homes there now that weren't there even probably five, six years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so when we went there, I was expecting a very isolated cornfields or something, you know, a couple 
farmhouses here and there. I mean, exactly. I, I was I was expecting what the documentary pretty much showed. Mm-hmm. I mean, those houses are there on Bray Road. That's that's not wrong. Yeah, but then you get down to the second, like kind of the second half of Bray Road, and there's just a neighborhood essentially uh, that goes right to the the dead end there that goes on the highway. So it to me it it, it was very almost disappointing because mm-hmm. uh, there isn't as much open space as you'd think there'd be for there to be a giant werewolf running around. Hmm. Yeah. We, I think we probably drove up and down the road I don't know, four or five times. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only like a four mile stretch of road. So, you know, we went out there, you know, twilight as time and, and drove up and down a couple times and really wasn't, I, I, I don't know. It was just overall underwhelming. It's just a road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the construction does that to things. Yeah, it takes and away. The, I think. Sorry. Uh, I, I think it could lend credence to the to my thought on the that this has moved. I think that there was a beast of Bray Road, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that sightings in other areas now lend that it, I think it moved. The I don't think it's on Bray moved. Road anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It packed up. It packed up its den and moved on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see that with all kinds of the paranormal phenomena. It just once true modernization moves in, they just kind of move out. Mm-hmm. They don't have a place well, like anything. You know, something just popped into my head that uh, we touched on, and I know you guys have done episodes on this, and we touched on when we were talking earlier in our Bigfoot episode. Um, most of the dated sightings on our notes here in this documentary kind of took place in December, or at least the two that we covered took place in December. So now I'm starting to think along with the construction, but I'm also starting, or not December, I'm sorry, uh, like late, late summer, uh, early fall, October, September area. Um, I'm starting to wonder if it already had like a natural migration pattern. Mm. Just moving to and fro Mm -hmm. that time of year. Yeah, you know, if it if it winters somewhere else or summers elsewhere, or, that could just uh, be one of its spots it comes back to. Right, right. Well, we see that with Bigfoot, I, as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. That or there's a cult there that's just hiding it. That I mean, that could be true. Or if it was tied to an item, if it were going this holy spiritual route, the construction mm-hmm. removed it. It's true. Oh, maybe that's what it was digging. Maybe that's what it was digging. That's for. what. That's in my final thoughts. But yeah, it was what it was digging for. Digging for a spear of destiny. Well, kind of similar to the Power Rangers, the movie when they <laughs> awoken Ivan Ooze. Ivan Ooze in the purple he, goo. Yeah, <laughs> he was attached. He was attached to that uh, giant egg. Um, so I see where you're, that's how I made that connection. There in my you head, go. Justin. That's perfect. I mean, that's that's perfect yep. analogy. Textbook. <laughs> the Ooze. Beast of Bray Road was looking for his purple oozy egg. The Beast of Bray Road has been confirmed to be confirmed to be Ivan Ooze. You heard it here first. <laughs> Cutting edge of paranormal research. Man, but, that uh, makes us bulk and skull. <laughs> oh God. So, I guess it's time to move into final thoughts. And this does not have to be fast. We don't do it fast. It just is kind of where we start recapping and just going over all what you, what we all think. So, who wants to go first? 
Okay, we're all excited. Jay, you go first. All right, I'll jump in. I, I, are we discussing whether we think it all this stuff really happened or what? Yeah, we think? Uh, do that, okay. and then what you if it if you think it did happen or was happening, what you think it was? Okay, so I think this stuff really was happening. Um, I think, I think the accounts are credible for the most part. I do think people saw what they think they saw. Um, but I, I also think it's, it might, I, th- I think it's tied to some occultish or supernatural phenomena where these creatures are able to just either appear, manifest, or people turned into these creatures. And I think that's what it, that's what's going on here. That's what it could be. That's what how I feel about it. Okay. Well, you guys want me to go, or one of you want to take the spotlight? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go. We'll okay. zigzag a little here. There I'll go. go. I like the um, I, I like the alien connection. I like the UFO and the alien connection a lot. Uh, I, I would I would subscribe to the theory of it being uh, otherworldly or uh, not non-terrestrial, more so than I would uh, subscribe to it being of the occult. Okay. Um, whether it's, you know, a hybrid gone wrong sort of thing. Um, I mean, other than uh, Mr. Lee's stories and accounts, this is really the only, I mean, that's really the only uh, documented UFO things having to deal with it. But, you know, he's getting UFOs and not the Beast of Bray Road anymore. So what's to say those UFOs aren't the cleanup crew? You know, they're, oh, wow, for the last 40, 60, well, I guess nowadays we're looking at almost 100 years by the time we look at the first sighting. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe these aliens are the, uh, or these UFOs are like the cleanup crew come in being like, we let that experiment, ooh, we dropped the ball on that. Now they're they're trying to clean up their mess and they're coming in and, and trying to cover up what they screwed up at least. Hmm. Who's they? Jay. That'd be the government, Jay. Okay, okay. You're going to get him assassinated. <laughs> I don't know if it's aliens or... We want names. Yeah. Which Jeremy. Which, yeah. Which Jeremy. Jeremy's back. <laughs> All right. So, I guess I always go in. I do believe this happened. I do believe most of the sightings did occur. Uh, I always go back to how common in multiple multitude of Native American cultures this dog or coyote hybridoid human is and you know it doesn't always have the same story when you know native americans have a vast different you know there's vast cultures uh but you like you look at the stuff of skinwalker and stuff that's one of their favorite forms is like the coyote man and mm-hmm. i always go back to it's something maybe native american like uh maybe i don't you know i don't know i'm not a i'm not a native american expert but some kind of maybe curse on the land. Well, you know, I mean, we were horrible to those people. So any curses they threw at us, uh, we probably deserved. But that's what I always go back to is just it's it's a very common thing in their culture. So I think it was already there, and it may be gone now, but I think it was already there when the town was built. And it was doing something. I mean, there's a one account of the Native American burial ground uh, there in Elkhart with him digging into it. But that is not the only account of a dog man digging in a mound. 
A couple Ohio ones have. A couple Michigan ones have. So it's kind of that common theme to me. That's what I pick out. But yeah, I think it did happen. I think it's some kind of monster or demon from Native American culture. I assuming it's a curse on an area. That's why it's always they seem very localized. But yeah, that's what yeah. I'm going with. Jake, you're yeah, up. Uh, so I fully believe that these people saw what they say they saw. Um, the to kind of agree with what you were saying, Justin. Yeah, there's too much historical documentation of these kind of sightings, whether it's Native American uh, myths and legends and such, or just people cruising around on the highway to see it. Um, I do think it has a lot to do with the possible occult connection. Um, there's a town called Whitewater that's about 18 miles north of where Bray Road is uh, that uh, is nicknamed the Second Salem. Uh, it had one of the highest witchcraft uh, connections in America. Uh, there is, in fact, still reportedly an active witch coven there. Hmm. Um, so the idea that there's an occult or just a cult in general uh, sort of lurking around the woods in the middle of Wisconsin near there makes complete sense to me. And the idea that they may have, I'm not going to go the route of demonic, but they could have opened something, thinned a veil somewhere, uh, opened a portal, something and brought this thing here. And Maybe they don't even know. One of those things of they did a thing and they're like, oh, well, that ritual didn't work. And then the next thing we know, horses and houses are getting attacked on this highway. Mm -hmm. So I like uh, it. Yeah. And it it kind of I was thinking about this with the guy that uh, was putting out the, the dead animals and having them taken. That all of it sounds like bored Wisconsin people to me <laughs> that just. They're like, let's do a ritual. We got nothing else going on. Let's put some dead animals in a field and so just some stuff. I feel like that's how all the Wisconsin paranormal things happen. It was just a bunch of bored people with nothing to do here. I found this book at the library. It says we could summon a dog, man. <laughs> yeah, and there, it's Friday. Let's go. Let's get, some, yeah. let's get a case of bush and let's go. We got some spotted cow. We're going out there. <laughs> that's awesome. I think it's fun that... I think all four of us came to a little bit of a different conclusion, but the same conclusion. I think we all believe mm -hmm. they seen what they seen, but we all kind of have it's the government different thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's the government. The underlying theme that's down. if you want to boil it down to one thing, that's what you can boil it down to. It's the government. It was the yep. satanic agenda by the U.S. government and Jeremy <laughs> and lizard people. Jay's gonna be on this for a week and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got them all keyed up for you, Justin. Mm -hmm. I've been avoiding the subject we're, of the lizard people. We're like we're like the uncles that come over and rile up your kid, and then we just leave <laughs> them leave, with you yeah. the rest of it. <laughs> oh no, it's all right. We got to do it at some point. But that's awesome, guys. Uh, well, I think that's the the crown on this cake. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I've never said that before. It's one of them Ohio <laughs> yeah. sayings. I was going to say, no, I've never heard me. that before, ever. No, I said, uh, what did I say the other day? Peace out, Girl Scout. Oh, that's yeah, that's the one. That's the one Jake got tripped up on last night during our uh, our tech run. 
you said that to him, and he was like, "That's got to be an I, uh, Ohio oh, thing." It, it definitely, yeah, is. yeah, yeah definitely. That, that one's, an Ohio that one's common. Uh, uh, this has this holds no credibility whatsoever. But the one I brought up today was, uh, and the rest of it is pancake batter. And Jake just looked at me like, "What? What are you talking about?" And I just said, "It's a Wisconsin. It's a Wisconsin term." Yeah, right? write it off like that. It's a Wisconsin yeah. thing. It's a Wisconsin thing, Jake. You wouldn't know about it. <laughs> An Iowa kid. Yeah. Sorry. The resin. Oh my gosh! No, it's good. So, why don't you guys uh, do your, you know, your final shout out for everybody? Do all your stuff okay. like you did for us. Yeah, uh, we're on all the regular platforms. Um, well, I should. Uh, I should preface this a little bit different. Uh, we are rebooting and using a different host. So I never brought shortly, that up. Yeah, no, I we had a we had a pre-COVID run uh, and then took COVID off, uh, and we are coming back. Uh, so we've we've gotten some recordings that we're working on getting edited, and we'll be back on all the major platforms um, once we get up and running again, which shouldn't be too long, and. All our social media stuff is there, so we're on everything. Yep. yep. Facebook, the, the Twitter, Instagram. Farmers only. Grinder. Grinder. Oh, shoot. I forgot that I, we did that. I seen you guys Damn on you there. <laughs> Farmers only? That's what I snuck in. Christian yeah, Mingle. We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't updated those in a while. Pictures our Christian Mingle profile picture is terrible. <laughs> it needs to get updated so bad. <laughs> we look so gross. Uh, um, you oh didn't God, have, I can't believe all three of you did that, and I completely forgot that joke entirely. <laughs> you didn't have uh, oh, thank you. very good reviews on uh, whereblackpeoplemeet.com. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Something like that. Yes. That's the government agenda. He just he just took us down. <laughs> wow. Jay's a disinformation agent. That, right oh. that is a real dating site. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You guys didn't know that? I mean, oh, all of these are real dating sites. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're tanking our social media products. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I think I'll to- Wow. That was oh. Jay from left field. I love it. Oh, he's nasty. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> All right. I think um, anything yeah. else you want to plug? Nah, just our email, uh, America's Scaryland at Gmail. The S is shared with America's and Scaryland. We just have to tag we do that to people we were talking earlier when we were recording um there's probably a guy who's got america's scary land but with two s's who's just got hundreds of emails with people like (laughs) trying to respond and we just have none we've never gotten contacted by anyone about anything because they're all going to this guy so that's why we (laughs) have to defend ourselves as having the shared s um so yeah thanks a lot for having us this was oh it was a ball yeah thank you guys I hope this is the first of many interviews and uh, co uh, collaborations. Sharing. Yeah, I think it will. There we be. go. That's much better word than I was saying. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> well, we'll catch you later, All guys. Right. Yes, yep. sirs. All right. I've been the mysterious Justin. And I've been the uh, cryptic Jay, I guess. And we are Cryptids of the Corn. We'll catch you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. 
If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.